Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the show. This week we're going to do something a little bit different. It's just going to be me talking for a few minutes about a few subjects that are on my mind uh, lately this week. A few things that, um, educational things for learning more about condo investing in the market, and also just hopefully adding some more value to you, the listener, the condo investor, um, as you're seeking to get the highest returns for your money in the market. Or if you're a new investor or just getting into it, learning how to get your feet wet and, and get started in the game. So I had a great interview lined up this week, but unfortunately change of plans with the um, person I was interviewing. And uh, we're going to just push that one back to next week. So I didn't want to leave you hanging, all my loyal listeners out there. Um, I know on the podcast that I listen to, it really bugs me when somebody misses a week or doesn't follow their schedule. So I am committed to doing this podcast every single week. And so with that in mind, here is today's episode. The first thing I want to talk about are small condos. There was an article once again this week on the micro condo phenomena, um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be interviewed and featured in that piece once again. For whatever reason, I seem to have become known as the uh, expert in uh, micro condos or condos under 400 square feet uh, in the city of Toronto. And that's okay. I'm cool with that. I'm a big fan of these units. I own uh, four of them to date myself, uh, and I've sold countless other units to like that to my investor clients over the years. And this article is great because it's helping to debunk one of the greatest myths about small condos, and that is that they're hard to get financing on. There seems to be this pervasive belief out there that if you buy a studio or if you buy a unit under 400 square feet or 500 or 600 square feet, depending on who you talk to, they'll tell you that you can't get a mortgage or you need to put 50% down or you're going to have to pay outrageous interest rates. Uh, banks won't touch them. They're you know, persona non grata in the condo market. And this is absolutely false. And I've been telling my clients this and, and um, practicing what I preach on this point for many years now. But um, a lot of people just still believe this to be true. Um, yes, there's some truth to it. It's not completely false. There's some truth to the fact that some banks do not like smaller condos and they will not land on condos under a certain size. We know that's uh, true. But there's more than five banks in Canada, right? There, there seems to be this uh, thing in Canadians' heads, perhaps, that there's only five places you can get a mortgage from uh, in Canada, uh, which is... Of course, totally uh, untrue. There are hundreds of lenders out there that we now have access to. And many of those big five lenders themselves will lend on uh, small condos. RBC, of course, is the bank that I use myself. So a lot of people that believe this myth are often shocked when I tell them I have my mortgage or have multiple mortgages on condos under 400 square feet with RBC. You know, uh, last I checked, I think they're the largest bank in Canada. So um, they do not have any size restrictions at RBC. But the point that I made in the article and the point that um, you know, I've been hammering home is that, listen, bank policies are not written in stone. Every bank has different policies, but they're changing them all the time. So what's true today may not be true tomorrow. Um, I might have to switch from RBC if they suddenly uh, change their policy. 
and go somewhere else. Um, but more likely what's going to happen is the other banks who are restricting on smaller units are going to come around, finally wake up, get their heads out of the sand and realize that these units are great units for them as uh, lenders to provide financing. The reason is because they're the safest investments out there. Quite contrary to what somebody might tell you, these are not risky investments. These are the safest investments to buy. And here's why. There's three reasons. One is that they're the easiest to rent out. That's right. Studio condos are the easiest to rent out. The smaller, the better. For the simple reason that they are always the cheapest units on the market. If you have something that is cheaper than everyone else on the market, you will have an endless supply of people willing to buy it from you. Um, this is just basic common sense. This is economics 101. Uh, a lot of these big bankers, I don't know, maybe they skipped Econ 101 back in the day in, in university, but uh, they seem to miss this point that if you have something available that you're selling and it's uh, the same type of product as the competition, but you're cheaper than everyone else, you're obviously going to have the most number of potential customers. Second point, uh, that it, it, why they're the safest type of investment is because they provide the best cash flow of any unit type. So the reason is because they have the best price to rent ratio. So while they're significantly cheaper than the next unit size up, the amount of rent that you can get from a studio is only marginally less than the next unit up, okay? So when you break down price to rent ratios for different units, you're always going to find in every building that the studios give you the best ratio and the studios give you the best cash flow. So you can have a two bedroom unit that costs you $500,000 and maybe if you're lucky, it gives you 300 bucks a month, positive cash flow. Or you could buy a studio for 200 or 220,000 and it's also going to give you 300 bucks a month. Hmm. Which one? is a better investment? Well, it's not a black and white answer. I'm being a bit facetious there. There are pros and cons to different unit types. But if you're a cash flow investor, if that is your goal, um, if you're a long-term investor, if you're not in the market to flip, if you're not thinking about selling, but rather you're thinking about buying and holding, then studios are absolutely great units to have. And the third reason why they're the safest investment is because they have the lowest vacancy rate. And again, that's sort of going back to the, the cheapest units. They have the largest number of potential renters looking for them. And so they will have the lowest vacancy rates. And I don't have any hard evidence to show you that other than just do a quick search on MLS for studio units for rent. And then do another search for one bedrooms and two bedrooms. What you're going to find is at any given point in time in the downtown core especially, you might see uh, a, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 studios for rent in the entire downtown core on the market, and you're going to see hundreds of one bedrooms, hundreds of two bedrooms available if you look at the entire city. So again, they're, if, any, if these units come up, they're snatched up immediately. I've, you know, none of my studios have ever been empty. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's uh, again, going to the fact that these are safe investments. Uh, I hope that more banks are going to get their heads out of the sand on this issue and um, finance them. But even if none of them change their ways, again, I'm not worried whatsoever. 
as a studio investor because I know that RBC and many other banks do not have size restrictions. And I'm going to continue to um, enjoy great cash flows with 20% down and market rates for mortgages. I'm not paying premiums or anything like that. And I will include a link to, uh, to this on the show notes for this episode. Before we go any further, I should mention that. TrueCondos.com slash episode 22. Okay, the next point uh, is I want to talk about the yield curve. So um, this one's going to be a little bit technical. Uh, so if you're, if you're not technically inclined, you, you might want to not listen to this part. But um, the, talking to a client, uh, you know, a common thing I find with many pre-construction uh, would-be pre-construction investors, they have this fear that, that uh, I, I don't want to buy pre-construction because I'm worried that interest rates, when I have to close in a few years, are going to be so much higher than they are today and the property's not going to cash flow i'm going to be in the hole um this kind of thing now there's a few different points that i, I bring up on that i'm not going to go over everything today um, but i want to talk about the yield curve um, so if you look if you google yield curve i'm going to include a, a link to um, the yield curve for the the canadian yield curve for the the bond market in canada here on on truecondos.com slash episode 22, the show notes for this episode. But basically the point is um, the yield curve tracks the same risk level of debt over a variety of terms. Okay, so it's looking from, you know, 60 days out to uh, 30 years out. Um, how much return can, can you expect to get on your money if you're locking in for shorter term versus longer term? Obviously, if you're locking in for longer term, um, you can you can expect higher rates if you're locking in for shorter term you're going to get lower rates um, but basically how this pertains to the mortgage uh, question the mortgage rate question is look at the difference on the yield curve between the five-year five-year money and 10-year money um, because uh, that will be very instructive to where mortgage rates where interest rates are likely going over the next five and ten years and when you do that, what you find is that the spread between five-year money and 10-year money is incredibly narrow. So what's happening is that very smart people, hundreds of very smart people who are betting, thousands of smart people who are betting on the markets every single day, people that are far smarter than you or I are basically saying that um, the, that uh, the 10-year money is, the difference between 10-year money and five-year money is so narrow. They're basically, what they're indicating to us is that they do not believe that interest rates are going to be having any significant change in the next five years. Currently, the spread between five-year and 10-year is about, on the bond, is a five-year bond 1.55 and a 10-year bond 2.06 of a difference of uh, about 0.5. One year ago, at this time, the difference was from 1.83 to 2.6, a difference of 0.8. So a year ago, it was a difference of 0.8. Today, it's about a difference of 0.5. So what's interesting is um, they actually believe it's less likely now than it was a year ago that the interest rates are going to rise in the next five years. If they do rise, it's going to be very minimal. Um, so again, 
people that are far smarter than you or I are saying interest rates are not going anywhere over the next five years. So if you're worried about that, you you need to stop worrying about that. You need to, again, um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to condo investing and figuring out what to do with your money and figuring out what's a good and bad investment. Follow those people who have come before you. Follow those people who are smarter than you. Um, and when you do that, you know you you succeed and you'll make money. You don't have to figure it all out yourself. Just look at people who are uh, have millions and millions of dollars to invest and who have already figured it out for you. So there we go. Um, that's the yield curve. A little piece of tidbit, piece of tidbit of information for you there. The final thing I want to talk about is. Um, is this concept of the rich getting richer. And what I mean by that is um, I was at a sales event this past weekend for a new condo launch. Um, we had an insider preview, as we often get, where we're brought in before uh, any other realtors, before even in this case, before the friends and family even uh, had their sales event. So it's an amazing opportunity, getting in at the lowest possible prices in a new project. Um, but as is often the case with these types of events, we have a very limited period of time to sell these units. We're not given months or or weeks or months to sell. We're given days, sometimes just a single day. In this case, we're given a weekend. Um, and it's just a fantastic opportunity to buy. But what we find is that even though this event, I opened it up to all of my clients, all the people who are subscribing to my, um, to my newsletter who have gone to truecondos.com and who have subscribed. Um, By the way, if you go to truecondos.com right now, you can sign up for a free five-part video course about condo investing. So head on over there and pick that one up. Um, But going back to to what I'm saying, even though it's open to all uh, people on my subscription list, um, what we find is that 90% of the people who actually bought units on this, uh, this, this type of event are people who've bought before. And so the people who haven't bought, people who are waiting to get into the market, they are constantly missing out on opportunities like this because they, you know, they're, they're just not ready to pull the trigger. They're hesitant for whatever reason. Um, you know, they're, they, they're still doing their homework about uh, condo investing, figuring out if it's right for them, figuring out if, uh, if this particular opportunity is right for them. And they continually are missing out on opportunities like this. And so it's a case of the rich getting richer once again, uh, where the people who've already invested in the market, who already have a foothold and who's already, who are already making money and have already done this before, they're snapping up all the best units first uh, before anybody else. And uh, the people who are new and trying to get into the game are left on the sidelines because they are just not prepared to make a quick decision on something like this. So the lesson here, I think, for for the uh, the people who've done this before is well obviously you you know what I'm saying I mean you, the rich get richer right you you are um, you know again specifically the people who who purchased at this past event on the weekend you know congratulations to you you're you're making a great investment you're saving a lot of money and you're gonna make a lot of money in the long run but for those people who are still on the fence who haven't got into the condo market the lesson is um, the best deals go to those who are the quickest and who act the fastest in many cases. And so if you see other experienced condo investors, people who've done this two, three, four, five times before, 
um, buying units at a particular project or at a particular moment in time. Use that as your cue to move and piggyback on their success, on their experience. And again, you don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Just look at what other successful experienced people are doing and follow them. Um, yeah, I really don't have anything else to say other than that. Um, so that is uh, sort of my three pointers. We talked about small condos and financing them. We talked about the yield curve and mortgage rates. And we talked about this concept of the rich getting richer and how to take advantage and, and get, uh, get on the property investment ladder uh, as a newbie. So thank you very much for listening. Once again, head on over to truecondos.com slash episode 22 for the show notes on this episode. Um, and make sure you do sign up for my free video course if you haven't already at truecondos.com. It's a free five-part video course about condo investing, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.